Welcome to the Landmark Podcast. I'm Jason Calhoun, pastor of Landmark Pentecostal Church in Texarkana, Texas. We encourage you to visit us on the web at landmarkupc.net for a schedule of services and upcoming events. We pray that you are blessed by the message today. Thank you again for listening. Chapter 13, verse 36, Simon Peter said unto him, Lord, whither goest thou? Jesus answered him, Whither I go, thou canst not follow me now, but thou shalt follow me afterwards. Peter said unto him, Lord, why cannot I follow thee now? I will lay down my life. For thy sake. Jesus answered him, Wilt thou lay down thy life for my sake? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, The cock shall not crow till thou hast denied me thrice. I want you to look at verse 36. Simon Peter said unto him, Lord, whither goest thou? And Jesus answered him, Whether I go, thou canst not, not follow me now, but thou shalt follow me afterward. And I just want to simply use this as a a leaping off place to preach to you this morning, empowered, empowered. We all need to be empowered from on high, as the scripture says. Hallelujah. How many knows that there is an empowerment in the experience of the Holy Ghost? Amen. If you know what I'm talking about, why don't you wave your hand to him right now? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's lift up our voices to the Lord and let's pray together. For his help, his blessing, his touch. Jesus, we look to you, we desire you. We're praying, God, for your help today, your strength, your anointing. Pray, God, that you would work your will in this house. Save, deliver, set free. Most of all, fill somebody with the gift of your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Could you lift up the name of Jesus again with me? I love you, Lord. Praise God. Thank you so much for standing. You may be seated. Power is a big word that is used often and encompasses so much and has so many pertinent definitions that could be used to describe it. Power could be described scientifically, such as nuclear power. It could be used to describe such things as explosive power or combustible power. It can be used to describe political power, talking about people of influence and government and the power that they have, that they wield because of their position. We call this political power. And there's other forms of power that I will not take the time uh, to delve into here this morning, but the power that is demonstrated in this text that I read to you from today is clearly ability, ability, an empowerment of ability because power gives you ability. If you have power, you have ability to do something that you otherwise, without that enablement, without the empowerment that you have received, you don't have the ability to perform. So therefore, we understand that 
in the spiritual realm when we receive this wonderful gift of the Holy Ghost that there is in fact an empowerment that comes. The Spirit of God that is not visible necessarily other than when it's manifest to us. We understand that speaking in other tongues is a manifestation of the Holy Ghost or the Spirit of God. We, we understand that when God sweeps across a sanctuary and begins to move and people respond to uh, the moving of the Holy Ghost, that is also a manifestation of the power of God. Many of us have seen the Lord move upon people. We've seen the Holy Ghost empower people. We have witnessed this time over again. Power gives you the ability. We know that the Lord gives us ability through His Spirit. 2 Corinthians chapter number 3 and verse 6, who also hath made us able, everybody say able, ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit, for the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. Everybody isn't a preacher, per se, but everybody, according to this verse of Scripture, can be a minister, an able minister. We're not able to do anything spiritual or have any kind of spiritual impact or influence just in our flesh or by our own giftings or talents or uh, skills that we have learned, but the only way that we can truly be effective is for Him to give us the ability. And the Bible says here that we're able through the Spirit of God that maketh us alive. I'm thankful that I am a part of a body here today, the church that is alive. And the reason we've been made alive is through the quickening of the Spirit of God. Every one of us was dead and trespasses in sin. But we've been resurrected through the power of the Holy Ghost. The devil would do his best to crush and destroy. Matter of fact, that's his mission. The Bible said he had come to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But he said, I come that you might have life and have life more abundantly. And very clearly here in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter number 3 and verse 6, it tells us that it's the Spirit that gives life. Amen. I'm so thankful that the Spirit can resurrect. The Spirit can bring life into situations that otherwise would seem hopeless. You're looking around at individuals in this room that their lives were hopeless until the Spirit of the Lord came and touched them. You're looking at folks in this place that each one has a testimony uh, coming from various backgrounds of bondage and coming from various backgrounds where it seemed like uh, that uh, sin, and we know the result of sin, is death. Death had taken hold of their life. Maybe it wasn't a physical death per se, but a spiritual death. But when they came into the presence of the Lord, repented of their sins, and began to yield their heart to God. There was life that came. And I believe that it can come for somebody that's in this house today. Amen. Somebody that feels like I don't have a reason to live. God can give you a reason to live. 
Somebody that feels like I'm so discouraged with life. I, I just don't know if I can go on. I'm going to tell you there's hope in this place that can be resurrected in your heart through the power of the Holy Ghost. Maybe there's some re- relationship that you don't feel like You feel like it's beyond repair, that it cannot be restored. But I'm talking about a God through the power of His Spirit is able to touch and heal and restore relationships. Amen. There's people in this place that have felt like I I can't change as much as I have tried to change and as much as I have attempted in my own abilities to change. I've tried these things and these gimmicks and these programs and I've tried uh, uh, through the changing of of thought patterns to do it on my own. Oh, but I'm going to tell you when you get the Spirit of God, the Bible tells us that it's life transforming power. You don't think the way you used to think once you've been anointed with the Holy Ghost. You don't talk like you used to talk before you got the Holy Ghost. Amen. You you don't even have the same outlook on life before you receive this wonderful gift of the Holy Ghost. It changes every part of you. It changes everything about you when you receive this wonderful gift of the Spirit of God. Oh yeah, I'm thankful for the Holy Ghost this morning. In case you can't tell, I'm still excited about what it can do in a person's life. I'm still thrilled about what the Holy Ghost can change in people that have tried everything else. I'm going to tell you, there's one thing that you still need to try, and that's to come to an apostolic altar, repent of your sins, and let God gloriously fill you with His Spirit. If you have it, say amen. If you know what I'm talking about, clap your hands to the Lord. Our text, Simon Peter is speaking to the Lord and he asked him a big question. He said, Lord, whither goest thou? And Jesus answered him and said, whether I go, thou canst not follow me now, but thou shalt follow me afterwards. He wanted to know, where are you going? Now, he wasn't wanting to know what the next stop was on the schedule or what was next on the agenda or what the next appointment was in Jesus' life. That, that wasn't the question that he was asking. He was asking something far deeper than that. Where are you going with all of this? Where is all of this taking us? We've been on a journey here, but where is this journey leading us? What's going to be the conclusion of all of this? What's going to be the culmination of it? Uh, What is going to be uh, the thing that you are going to do to bring about your kingdom? This was a heavy question that Simon Peter was asking of the Lord. And the Lord's answer to him could have been a little offensive to him. Maybe it seemed a little abrasive, the the reply that Jesus gave to Simon Peter when he said, where I go, thou canst not follow me now. And, And I'm sure that he didn't understand this at first because From the very beginning, it was always, come join me, go with me, follow me. Even when he first met Jesus, he said, come follow me and I'll make you a fisher of men. 
So it's always been about following. He's always had Clarence to go. He's always had the ability to be with Jesus. In fact, beyond just the call of being one of the 12 disciples, it was Peter, James, and John that were called into inner sanctums with the Lord that other disciples were not permitted to go there at Jairus' house. It was Jesus that gathered these men and said, I want you to enter with me into the house. And uh, you're going to witness this miracle of Jairus' daughter being raised from the dead. It was Peter, James, and John that was able to witness that. It was Peter, James, and John that was able to go apart with him up into the Mount of Transfiguration. And there they saw things, experienced things, had a vision that they could have no wise seen had they they not been invited with the Lord. And even at the uh, end of the Lord's earthly ministry in the Garden of Gethsemane, it was, it was Peter, James, and John that he invited to go a little deeper into the garden. And they were there and they witnessed themselves, him praying so intensely that he, he, he began to perspire with great drops of blood, the Bible said. It was them that was able to go a little further. And Simon Peter was one of that number that was able to go places in the Lord that others was not able to go. And yet now the Lord is looking at him and saying, where I'm going, you cannot follow me now. But he didn't leave him there. He didn't leave him in that place. He didn't leave him with a sense of hopelessness. But he told him that there is coming a day that thou shalt be able to follow me afterward. There is going to be an event that is going to happen in your life. In fact, Simon, you're going to be a very integral part of that event. When that event is poured out, you're going to be used mightily on that day. You don't understand everything now. You're not permitted. You're not given clearance to go there at this point. But there is a point in your life that you're going to receive the empowerment that you need to go and do things that you were not able to do before. You're not able to go to this place. You're not able to experience these things. You're not able to walk in these areas. You're not able to do this now. But after this happens, after this experience comes, there's going to be empowerment that is going to come to you that is going to give you the ability to do that. Simon still didn't know how to take it. Matter of fact, he looks at the Lord and he begins to refute what the Lord is saying. saying, you don't know me. You don't know who I am. You know, that's kind of a phrase that is popular right now. You don't know me. If you knew me, then you would know that I would lay down my life for you. I mean, I'd give everything to follow you. There's not one circumstance that... I wouldn't be committed to you in. And the Lord, I could see him standing there saying, yeah, I know you. I know you a whole lot better than you know yourself. I know your abilities more than you know your own capabilities. I know what you're capable of more than you think. Uh, Matter of fact, before uh, the rooster crows in the morning, you will have already denied me three times. That's how much I know you. You say you're not capable of those things. You, you say that you wouldn't, you wouldn't go that far. You wouldn't do that. But I'm telling you that you're not able to do all that you say you're able to do at this point in your life. You need the empowerment of the Holy Ghost. 
Amen. The only way you're able to walk with me, the only way you will not turn back when the pressure is on, the only way that you would not deny me when tempted to do so is that you have the power of the Holy Ghost. Because there was temptations after he received the gift of the Holy Ghost that came to Simon Peter. There was persecution that came upon the church that was probably even far greater than what he felt as he stood around that fire and denied the Lord three times. That was pressure that was there. Perhaps he had never felt before, but there was something different in his life now. It had already happened in Acts chapter 2. He had received the wonderful gift of the Holy Ghost, so he was able to stand up and say boldly, I still believe that he is with me. I believe that he can carry me through whatever I face. It doesn't matter what I'm facing or going through, the challenges that are here. I have the power of the Spirit of God that is able to help me to overcome. Oh, clap your hands and let's give praise to the Lord. In your flesh, you're limited. Simon, in your flesh, there's only so much that you can do. In your flesh, there's things that you cannot change. There's things that no matter how much you work at it, you cannot manipulate. But I'm going to give you power to overcome. I'm going to give you power to see those things changed in your life. And I know that some are probably already thinking of this verse or these verses in Acts chapter 1 and uh, verse 6 when the scripture says, When they therefore were come together, they asked of him saying, Lord, wilt thou... At this time, restore the kingdom to Israel. They were, they were really chafing underneath the Roman rule at that time, the Roman empire that was on them and, and ruling over them and taxing them heavily. And they said, we want you to set things straight. We believe you ought to ride in here and take them over and rectify this situation. And he said it to them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. But ye, let me tell you about the power or the empowerment that is coming. He said, but ye shall have power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and in Samaria, And to the uttermost part of the earth. Right now we're limited. And right now you're looking for power in the wrong places. It's like a lot of people today. They think, well, power, you know, it needs to start in the White House. Or it needs to start in the Senate chambers. Or it needs to start in Congress. Or it needs to start with other world powers. And if we can get their attitude to change. And if we can get them to to turn their mind in a different direction. If we can get them to make certain decisions. And that would be powerful. That would have an impact. That would make a change in our circumstances. Well, I want to tell you something. You're looking for power in the wrong places. He said, I control the times and 
and the seasons. I've got all of this in my hand. I'm the one that created all of this. I'm the one that makes the sun come up in the east and go down in the west. And I'm the one that rules the heavens and the earth. I'm the one that heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. I'm the one that measures the waters of the earth in the palm of my hand. I'm the one that knows about everything. Amen. Don't question me because I'm all powerful. I've got it all in control. You don't worry about that. Don't look for power in those places. But where you need to be looking for power is in me. You need to be looking for power in the Spirit. You need to be looking for the empowerment of the Holy Ghost. And after you receive power in the Holy Ghost, He's going to make you a witness into all the world. There's going to be a revival that is going to be far more sweeping than anything you've ever seen. Or I feel the Holy Ghost in this place right now to tell somebody in this house what you need, amen, is the empowerment of God's Spirit. Once you receive this experience, you'll have the power that you need to overcome the addiction. You'll have the power that you need to set things right in your life. You'll have the power that you need to stand up straight in this world. You'll have the power that you need to not succumb to the temptation that bombards you every day. The power of the Holy Ghost. The power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Praise the Lord. They, they, they thought if we can get this worked out, if we can get this in place, and, and if we can take care of this, and if you'll set this in order, if you'll put those Romans in their place and get things set up this right, it sure be a whole lot more comfortable for us. He said, you're waiting for that to happen, and you're ignoring the fact that I'm able to give you power to rise above all of that. And really, in spite of that, I'm going to build my kingdom that is greater and is an eternal kingdom. Oh, yeah. How many knows that, that, that Rome, as many centuries ago, has fallen Rome is not the great empire that it was in the day that this scripture was written. It's not the great influence. The emperors of Rome have all passed away and they've died. But there's one thing that lives on that began during that time when Roman oppression was there. And that is that the church was born. The church was born on the day of Pentecost. The Holy Ghost was poured out. Power was given that is still alive and is still having influence, that is still reaching, and that is still touching people, that is still changing people. Rome has fallen. The Grecians have fallen. World powers have succumbed. They've fallen down. But I'm telling you that there's a power that you can connect with. I'm talking about a kingdom that you can connect with that's not just of this world. It's in this world, but it's not of this world. It's a heavenly kingdom. You can receive the power of the Holy Ghost. You can find something that's enduring when the things that you trust in fail you. When the things that you put your life and your ambitions all in, when they run out, there's one thing that does not does not fall, that's not destroyed. Amen. But it's still available. It's still living. It's still thriving. It's still as great as it's ever been. And that's the church of the living God that has been empowered by the Spirit, the Holy Ghost.
Come on, let's clap our hands to him and give him praise. He said, you don't know the times or the seasons. You don't understand. You, you lack sensitivity to understand what's really going on. And there's something far bigger than what meets the eye that is taking place here. Something far greater than what you're able to see in your own ability. Uh, there's a heavenly kingdom that's being established. There's a promise that is being fulfilled. It is the promise of the Holy Ghost. And I am going to pour my spirit out, just as Joel prophesied, upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters are going to prophesy. Your young men are going to see visions. Your old men are going to see dreams. And there's things that are going to happen that are going to be beyond the circumstances of this world. I am going to do things that are going to totally revolutionize and change your way of thinking. I am going to bring about a kingdom that is going to endure, that is going to last. You shall receive power after which the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And I want to tell you, if you haven't got the Holy Ghost again before this service concludes today, it's not something you have to put off. It's not something you have to hope and wish for and say, well, uh, you know, somewhere down the line I hope to get it. You can receive it today. The really only the prerequisite to receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost is repent of your sin. When you repent of your sin, which means to turn from your sin and walk decidedly in a different direction from your sin, God will give you the gift of His Spirit. Amen. And when Jesus spoke many times, he would speak about uh, how that he, he would do these things and, and the power that he had that they were going to soon in time have after the outpouring of the Holy Ghost, they would too be able to, to do these things. And he said, even greater works than these shall you do. What he was trying to say is, uh, amen, I'm, 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 I'm going to, I'm going to, be ascended from this earth I, I am going to prepare a place for you but I am going to leave my spirit in this world through you amen I'm going to build a church through you there's going to be miracles that are going to happen through you sick is going to be healed through you there's going to be changes and he was already looking down into this particular time and this particular place that we're at in our world he's seen to 21st century problems, not, not just first century problems. Amen. Some of us say, well, you know, we talk about power, power to deliver, power to set free. You know, maybe that was only applicable to first century problems. Uh, he, he wasn't living in the day that we're living in today. He, he didn't see what, what was, oh yeah, he did see what was coming down the pike. Uh, He's seen what was going to come. He saw drugs ravishing people's lives. Uh, he saw the bondage of mor immorality that gets a hold of folks. Uh, he, he saw the wickedness that would be abounding in this world. He saw the open sewage that was going to be running out of Hollywood. He, he saw all of that. And he said, I will give you power 
to overcome those things. In the last days, there's still going to be a church. When evening time comes, there's still going to be light in the world. There's still going to be a church that is going to be as powerful as it's ever been. There's still going to be a church that's going to see miracles, signs, and wonders. There's still going to be a church that has miracles in their midst. There's going to be a church that knows how to pray and touch God and get answers. There's going to be anointing that is going to destroy people's yokes. Brother, Brother Jay and I was able this last fall uh, to go down to to Brazil, and Brazil is a is definitely a place that is much different than uh, than it is here or in most areas here in America. And uh, the spiritual intensity goes up probably times ten in, in most circumstances, and especially in some of the areas that we were in southern Brazil. There's a lot of different reasons for that, but uh, there's open devil worship and devil worshiping churches just about. It seems like uh, virtually on every block or every corner, there's just uh, these types of churches, and uh, a lot of this happened as a result. And, and I don't mean to offend anybody, but it happened as a result of people's Catholicism that they put so much faith in failing them and them turning in desperation to things that they could feel and things that they could experience. And so they gave their life to the enemy and the worship of the devil because they could actually feel some type of, of power in all of that. And so that's they're looking for something that is real, something that's not dead, something that they can feel, something that they could experience. But uh, he, he was just telling me last night, he did a little research on it. He said it used to be that Catholicism was the greatest religion in Brazil. But he said that was until the Pentecostals came. Amen. When the Holy Ghost began to be poured out, when the Spirit of God began to be poured out, uh, there's a church that is blossoming that the devil, he doesn't know what to do, do with because it's more powerful than, he, he, he could be more powerful than ritualism. He had power over all of the things things that they were doing just in religiosity but with somebody really connected with the spirit of God with somebody that's been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ he no longer has control over that he can't do anything to stop that that's a flood tide that he can't stop that's something that he don't know what to do with I'm going to tell you when the spirit of the Lord begins to move there's nothing that can really stand in its way it can push over whatever it is in your life that you needed to push over. Amen. It can sweep over and submerge anything that you think is so formidable. I don't know what I can do with it. I'm telling you, there's power in the Holy Ghost to take care of that. Oh, let's worship Him. Let's give praise to Him. Power to do things that you wasn't able to do before. When they come stumbling out of that upper room in Acts chapter 2, and they were speaking in all different types of languages, and there were those that had gathered there at that particular time in that city that were from all of these different regions where these dialects were spoken. They said, Are not all of these which speak Galileans? Hey, they're not supposed to be able to do this is what they were saying. They're not able to do this by their own abilities. 
or their own, what they have learned, their own intellect. This is beyond them and the flesh. This is a God-given thing. This is empowerment. Are not all these which speak Galileans? I'm going to tell you, when you get the Holy Ghost, there may have been things you looked at and you wagged your head and said, that's impossible. That could never happen. That'll never take place. That's too far gone. That's hopeless. I give up. Amen. But when you get the Holy Ghost, it's just like them that looked at this situation and they scratched their head. Said, as not all these which speak Galileans, they weren't supposed to be able to do this. People can look at you, amen, after receiving the Holy Ghost and said, you know, I know they went there to try to get off of that. And I know they tried this and I know they were over there and and it seemed like their life was falling apart but they got the Holy Ghost are not all these which speak Galileans that's beyond their ability that's beyond their gifting that's beyond what they're able to do the power of the Holy Ghost gives us the strength to do it it gives us the ability to change stand with me if you would Jesus said, the one that said, greater works than these. The one that said, what I have, I'm going to let it be poured out upon you. Jesus said, destroy this temple. In three days, I'll raise it up. Amen. Now, I'm I'm thankful that God is able, and we don't really take that scripture and, and, and really flesh it out in its entirety. I'm thankful that God is able to raise people out of the ruins. God is able to resurrect life in people that seem hopeless. But this world is talking a lot about disruptors. I'm going to tell you, The one that drained the original swamp was Jesus Christ. He was the major disruptor. When he walked in the temple and kicked things over, and they said, what are you doing? He said, I've come as a disruptor. I'm going to tell you, he's able to tear down things too that you weren't able to bring down on your own. He's able to bring it down. He's able to pull down strongholds in your life. He's able to pull down areas that seem like they're obstacles that you'll never overcome. He's able to help you to pull them down. In the name of Jesus. Amen. There's power in the Holy Ghost.